welcome back to this week's episode of Arizona Mysteries of History. Last week, you heard us talk about the UFO incident that took place in and around Kingman, Arizona, so this week we decided to keep it local with another story, one you may have already heard about. Sitting in the heart of downtown Kingman is the legendary Brunswick Hotel. Shrouded in local lore, there have been many stories about what supposedly transpired at this iconic downtown building, now 111 years old. Ghosts, suspicious deaths, even a love triangle. So, any of you who have lived in Kingman for a little while know the Brunswick. It is downtown right there on Andy Devine. Right, um, right next to Hotel Beale. And Sportsman's mm-hmm. more popularly. That's pretty much the only running business on that. Well, they have Garibaldi's at the end. They do have Garibaldi's at the end. Which is still part of the Brunswick Hotel, actually. Right. But uh, right. yeah, that's part, that's part of the story. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the Brunswick, that was built um, in, it started construction in 1907 and construction was completed in 1909. That was by a man named Mulligan and J.W. Thompson. J.W. It was Thompson, John yeah. Mulligan. And uh, yeah, so they did that. But there's a whole bunch of ghost stories. I mean, this building has been completed for 100 and what, 13 years now? I'm sorry, 111. They started construction in 1907. Right. So 111 years they have been, uh, this, this building has been standing up there now in Kingman. Um, but yeah, of course, with. You know, buildings like that with history, there's going to be ghost stories. Right. There's always, it's any old building, really, that you see because there's so much history. It's just things happen. These old buildings, I mean, the skeptic in me wants to be, you know, rational and think because I grew up in an old house. Mm -hmm. Uh, My grandparents' house was 300 years old, legitimately 300 years old. Yeah. And uh, there are things that old buildings have that new buildings don't. They have rattly pipes. They have creaky walls. They have settling. <laughs> I mean, there's there's all these sounds that you don't get in newer structures that you get in old buildings. Creaky floorboards. I mean, everything. It They're set up in a way to terrify you. They really are. And then the wiring. So the the other thing is like with electrical wiring, you've, you've heard of EMF like electromagnetic frequencies. Right. Yeah. So if you're in like an electrical server room where there's like a lot of computers running, that you hear people talk about like the hair standing up on the back of their neck, they feel like someone's in the room with them. Yeah. That's because of the electricity in the room starts interfering with your brain and makes you a little paranoid. It makes you like it it, it, um, messes with your senses a little bit. Mm -hmm. So these old buildings that have knob and tube electrical wiring in there, they give off a crap ton of EMF and they give that sensation of I'm being watched. So there's these little details of old buildings that lend to the spookiness. That's the skeptic in me. And I think also what lends to the spookiness, you know, is that, I mean, just the fact that it stands there for so long. Right. You know what I mean? It's just, it becomes ancient, you know, in a sense. Exactly. You know, so it's just, you think about all the history that's gone on in a place like that, and I think everybody's mind kind of races. It's just this history thing, if you're going to see anything in there. But, you know, of course, along from that, there are, you know, parts of truth to stories and things, you know, that come out of these. So I know my own experience, I got to spend the night in the Brunswick once when I was 18 mm-hmm. I think it was me and my buddies uh stayed in there before we went to boot camp um and uh you know I saw something really weird in there <laughs> I was right there on the second us, floor Flex. like in the balcony and uh I was looking in the hallway I was sitting out there because me and my buddy ended up just can't we had the whole, whole the the whole excuse me hotel to ourselves that night and uh, so we camped out on the balcony. My buddy was in his room with his girlfriend you know all that other stuff and so I went back down it was early in the morning and I I I would swear that somebody walked from one room into the bathroom that's at the end of that hallway. And I know 
I know what I saw, so I don't care what anybody argues with me about. You know, it it was it, it was different. I've never seen anything like that. So creep me out. I left. Um, what did it look like? It just looked like a, a woman walking. She had a white nightgown thing on, and mm-hmm. she just walked there. I mean, just everything that happened. It. There's no way that I made that up in my head. I've never seen anything like it before. You know, right. so it's always been curious that building to me about what goes on in there. Well, did you like try and hunt her down? Like it couldn't have been your buddy's girlfriend or anything? I went down the hallway, you know, to go and take a look cuz I I didn't really take my as soon as I saw it, you know, I just kind of kept my eyes focused down there. I told my buddy, I said, "Hey, uh, let's go see if they're up. I think I saw her just go to the bathroom over there. So we'll see if we want to go get breakfast, whatever it was. You know, so we go down the hallway. They're dead asleep in their their bedroom, you know, mm-hmm. their hotel room. And their room was right across from the bathroom. Right. So I just turned to my left and I looked and there was an open bathroom. There was nobody there. But not only that, we were the only people in there that night because my friend's girlfriend worked for the Brunswick. And it was closing at that time, you know, right. it was going down again. And so um, they had no guests that week. And they're like, hey, if you guys all want to chill here, like you're welcome to stay in any of the rooms you have free reign you know we so we we got to hang out and it was interesting well that's creepy yeah <laughs> so it was fun but so uh, you so you have a personal experience with uh an entity yes we'll just say that <laughs> yeah right from in in that specific place you know but like i said i've never seen anything like that anywhere else it was pretty unnerving well now like was this person like was what was off was there anything off about them just that it, the type of night dress, you know, like the gown, it just was something that people don't wear anymore. Right. You know what I mean? So they were like completely opaque. They weren't glowing. No, nothing like mm-hmm. that. She was just wearing a white nightgown. She had longer hair, you know, about a little past her shoulders. And it was kind of sandy-ish. Yeah. You know, and that was that was it. I didn't even see a face. It was just literally the side profile and walking into the bathroom. And that was it. So she didn't even like interact or acknowledge nope. that you were there? Just walked straight in. Yeah. So that's that's one of the things that I always found fascinating is there are like there seems to be three types of spirits of entities that are out there. There are the what what I like to call and what a lot of people I believe call the echoes where they they're not aware of anything. They're just it's almost like they're just reliving. It's like a scratch disc. Yeah, it's it's a moment in time that is just replaying over and over and over again. Yeah. And there's there's no interaction. And then there's the the more intelligent ones where you can interact with them a little bit. It's it's almost like you know trying to remember a dream when you wake up. That's the, in, the level of interaction. Is you can get something out of them, but it's a little hazy and scattered. But there is inter- interaction. And then there's obviously the poltergeist uh, type of activity where they're like throwing things across the room, like the movie. Like the movie. Yeah. And, 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 you know, to, to that degree, I have absolutely 100% experienced a poltergeist. Yeah. I, uh, when I was in the Navy, I was staying at, in this townhouse and, you know, my roommate at the time is one of those people who believes everything. Yeah. So (laughs) he just takes everything at face value. Um, and he would take pictures all the times when we'd have parties and he'd be like, Oh, look at all the orbs in these pictures. And I'm just looking at it, I'm like, it's dust. You know, there's a bunch of people in here. Everybody's dancing. It's dust. There's not ghosts. Mm -hmm. But we were standing in the kitchen one time, and, you know, weird things would happen in the house that I just couldn't explain. And it all came to a head one day. Uh, Myself, my roommate, and two of our friends are all standing in the kitchen, and he's talking about the ghosts, 
that are in the house because, you know, cups would move, things would fall off counters, there'd be these orb pictures. And I finally got tired of it. I'm like, look, okay, it's dust. Yeah, some things happen every once in a while, but this house is not haunted. There are no ghosts. As soon as I say that, the door underneath the staircase, which locks shut, there's no wind or anything that could open this door, it slams open so hard that it dents the plaster under the on the wall by the staircase yeah. and then slams shut. All four of us just stop and look over and no one is there. None of the windows are open. None of the doors are open. There's no way that air could force that open in any way, shape, or form. Just and I just- mate, You're like, sorry. I, I, no, I did. I did. And I was like, okay, I take it back. <laughs> like, I didn't even know how to react. I wasn't even scared. It was more like- What? That entity <laughs> wanted to make sure I believed that it was there. It needed- And then, of course, after that, I started noticing a lot more freaky stuff happening. Yeah. And, you know, it's that, like I said, inherently, I'm a skeptic, but there are moments in your life where you're just like, you just have to accept what is right in front of you. And that was one of them. So <laughs> I'm a, I'm a firm believer. Plus, you know, we used to hang out at the cemetery in high school and, you know, ghost hunt and stuff like that. So there, there are things throughout my life that have lead, led me to believe that, you know, some of these are stories. Some of these are more. I agree and I with think, you, and from my own personal experiences, right. I feel that way. You know what I mean? Love. And I think the Brunswick might be one of those situations. I mean, the stuff that happened there is suspicious. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So It might be less ghosty. I mean, there are hauntings and legends and things in there that people have talked about seeing over and over again, but, I mean, there might be more that happened in there, you know? Some of the legends I've heard, or the myths, I've, I've heard over the years... Um, that somebody cut their own throat in a room and then like ran out and died on the tracks. Like I've actually that. heard that from multiple people, but I have not been able to find anything exactly. that backs it up. Neither have I. Right. So that you know, I'm going to put that one to bed. Don't think it happened. Right. But I'm, gonna do, I'm still no... going to do a little more, you know, digging over time. And of course, we can come back and update these things. So right. you know, if anybody's curious, or you could look yourself. The power of Google. Or if you know, if you have proof of this. Yeah, exactly. If you have any information, you know, real information, not what I heard, but you know, you know, like let us know. You can give us a call. So we'd be glad to hear it. <laughs> so what's some of the real factual information about this this hotel that you have? So this hotel was built in 19... Construction, like I said, construction was completed in 1909. It was started in 1907 by two men. It was John Mulligan, and he... It says um, a lot of this we're getting from the actual Brunswick, um, you know, as far as the history of it goes. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was uh, built in 1909, um, finished construction in 1909. It was built by partners John Mulligan and J.W. Thompson. Thompson. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently there was some sort of love triangle that was going on between them with a woman named Sarah and um Mulligan ended up winning that one he married her in 1892 right so this is so so Mulligan and Thompson both fell for the same girl right. but Mulligan got her like 20 years before the Brunswick was even really yeah just about i mean well it was about uh it was about 17 years later they built it Right, so. right. So, I mean, it, it clearly didn't ruin their friendship ship enough for them to not go into business with yeah, each other. Yeah, it seemed fine. Right. So, I mean, it, it, it popped up there. Um, it was the only three-story uh, building in Kingman at the time, mm -hmm. and apparently it was the tallest building from Albuquerque to San Bernardino. Wow. 
So they had everything in there. They had every, you know, top of the line everything. There were telephones in every room. They had brass uh, bed frame, you know, just everything. They didn't spare any expense, and it did really well. Um, but, you know, in 1912, they got into a fight, and they literally separated their building in half. Right. So they put a wall in between the building. Yes. That I mean, that to me is... It makes me think of those the the Twix commercial, you know, like left <laughs> left Twix, right Twix. Yeah, which side are you gonna pick? That which... make it awkward finding a room, right? Right. <laughs> like, you're just it's... like, oh, they're both standing there, just looking at you and like waving their There's hands. There's two like, concierge desks, <laughs> right. and they're both like right across. Yeah, they're just trying to compete <laughs> with each other. So, so then basically, from what I understand, is they divided the hotel. I mean, as equitably as possible, they got the same amount of rooms on each side. But right, they got twenty five rooms each, mm-hmm. and then Mulligan ended up getting the lobby and the bar, and Thompson got the Chinese restaurant, which I believe is today Garibaldi's. Garibaldi's yeah. So, and then there's apartments back there. I think that the current owner, like it started to renovate mm. or something. I don't know if that's still under construction. It says it is, but that's a whole different story. Um, yeah, so they separated it right in half. I'm sure there's some people that you know have lived here long enough that they remember when that wall was up. You know what I mean? Right. But, uh, yeah, so um, after they split, they still made a lot of money. Uh, there were a lot of uh, miners that would come through there. A lot of celebrities, too. Yeah, they said uh, famous visitors included Andy Devine, Barry Goldwater, Clark Gable. Um, I, guess, I think Clark Gable actually got married there. Uh, him and his wife were married in Kingman. Right. I don't know where at exactly. Yeah, I um, thought it, that they had like either their wedding or their reception at the... At the Brunswick. I don't know. And I'm not 100% sure it could have been Hotel Beale. So I got to find right. more about this. It's hard kind of finding some of these things. And then a lot of the stuff we're looking for in the museums, you know, are closed because of COVID of right course. now. So it's hard to get a hold of some of those newspapers. Yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely do an update on this oh, story. Yeah. But the the other interesting, like, anecdote, I suppose, is the reason Andy Devine is Andy Devine his his voice is attributed to the Brunswick because he fell off the second floor balcony. Yeah, it said he fell off the second floor balcony. He ended up uh, with an injury. Something had pierced his neck, mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of gave him that weird raspy voice that he ended up being famous for. Right, So right. for so. anybody that knows uh, the Disney cartoon movie um, Robin Hood, mm-hmm. he plays what Friar was his name? Tuck. He plays Friar Tuck. Yeah. In, yeah, so that's Andy Devine. He grew up in here in Kingman. Some of you might not know that, and you know that movie. So that's a little fun fact. Uh, but yeah, so Clark Gable and his wife, they both uh, stayed there before. Clark Gable, side note, actually ended up doing his honeymoon in Oatman. Yeah. So strange. He really loved it around here. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, I do like the desert. I, I don't blame them. Yeah, there's so. a lot of things to like about it. Absolutely. So it ended up uh, continuing to thrive. Uh, John Mulligan ended up passing away in 1935, and then his daughter-in-law took it over. And uh, she continued to run that, um, but Thompson wasn't so lucky to have any uh, children or offspring or anything like that that we know of. Um, So, you know, he ended up selling it to somebody named Otera. His name was Joe Otera, and... He bought that, like, it was sold to him before the 1960s, and in 66, he bought the other side from Hazel Edith Dunn, who was Mulligan's daughter-in-law, and then he tore that wall down and made it one big hotel again. Reconsolidated it. Right. Hmm. So he owned that for a number of years, but uh, it ended up, there There was nobody that stayed in the hotel from 1972 to 1997. Wow. And then he closed it for good in 1980. So, so we're going to get into a little bit of the... Uh backstory behind the hauntings absolutely some of the uh, 
allegations I'm behind the hauntings. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, mysteries of history. Right. It's not. It's We're not, not here for answers. We're just well, here for the story. It's not. It's not just about ghosts or UFOs. You know, yeah. I mean, there could be a multitude of things. There are reported ghost stories. Uh, you said that there was like a little girl that left. Like pennies or something all over the place? Yeah, there's a girl that leaves pennies or piles of pennies around the hotel. Mm-hmm. And then there's been reports of uh, like a feeling like somebody's bouncing on the edge of the bed. Um, Heard that one too. Right, and the smell of like lavender when you're walking around just wafting in. That was a new one when we started looking into right. this. I and, never heard that one before. And the uh, Well, I mean, you know, scent smells are like really associated with ghosts like a lot. You look I've at, heard that before. Right, so there's like floral scents and then the smell of cigarettes and stuff. Right. Um, and then there's the uh, children giggling and stuff like that. And uh, so tell us a little bit about what the alleged situation involving Sarah and her daughter was. Oh, the, I mean, we had, you know, we had thought, we were looking for dates looking up all of this stuff. You know, they said there was a split up of partners in 1912 and then... Sarah had died and then their child died, but we didn't have any dates on that. So we were almost wondering, like, what happened? They got in a fight over a woman and then she gets, you know, she falls down the stairs and dies, you know? So we'd kind of thought on that line. It's like, what if something was going on that nobody even, you know, (laughs) caught on to? Right. We're we're, we're kind of conspiracy theorists. So sometimes. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And one of the things that they made note of um, in like looking at the interviews with the previous owners of the hotel is that the the daughter, Sarah Lynch's daughter, that uh, supposedly fell down the back staircase and died, the little girl that they attribute the pennies to, um, she had red hair and the rest of their children had dark hair. And J.W. Uh, J. Thompson also had red hair. Or appears to from his photos. Appears to, right. So that's still curious to me, though. Right. That's, so, so that's not. <laughs> we were thinking that maybe you know the the reports of the deaths were actually like maybe possibly murders because <laughs> uh, it seems like there might have been some infidelity going on. I mean, because it's weird that you would have an argument over a woman twenty years after you marry her. Right. Right. So it, it is suspicious. I but, don't. Um, I, I. That still is curious to me. It is curious. <laughs> it is curious. But the the the. The story goes that Sarah Mulligan um, in 1912 uh, fell down the staircase and broke her neck at the bottom of the staircase. And now if you've been into the Brunswick Hotel, you look at the staircase now, it's not the same configuration as it used to be. Um, it's it's kind of got like a, a switchback kind of I, They basically just cut it halfway and then made right. a landing and then made it, you know, turn around. You know, so they basically have a, you know, that switchback staircase thing. Right. So the mannequin, where the mannequin is in the now in the window, if you go walk by it, that's where the staircase would have ended um, back around that time. So the, the, the story goes that she fell down that staircase and broke her neck. And then shortly after uh, her youngest daughter, uh, the redheaded daughter, um, fell down a tri- uh, uh, the back staircase on a tricycle and died as well. Um, same year, 1912. But the interesting thing is <laughs> we can't find any record. Yeah, there's no record of her death, in, at least that we could find on the Internet. Right. So, you know, once everything opens up again, maybe we can find some more information. But, uh, yeah, we couldn't find anything like that. We did find her gravestone. So um, the... Uh, 
what would you call it? The creator, the founder of Brunswick or whatever, John Mulligan. Right. His wife, Sarah, who uh, we were just talking about, she's buried next to him up at the uh, Mountain View Cemetery on Stockton Hill Road. Mm-hmm. So they're buried out there. It looks like she died actually, it said 1931? Was yeah. it 31? Mm-hmm. Okay. 1931. So she passed away in 1931. Right. And then he followed in 1935, and that's when his daughter-in-law, Edith Hazel Dunn, took over. Mm-hmm. As uh, the owner or part owner, they're half of the business. Right. So, so the interesting thing about it is, like, all these claims of the ghosts are all, you know, dated or essentially they're because of Sarah and her daughter. Exactly. It's been blown out of proportion. Right. And and the claim is that she fell down the stairs and broke her neck in 1912, and then her daughter shortly after. Well, there is no death record for either of them. Right. In 1912, we've well, we've as searched, far as we can find. Right. We well, we did find her son. We did yep. find John Mulligan. Yep. We did find their other daughter. Uh, as far as death records go in Arizona, we found all those, but her death record in that time frame doesn't exist, and neither does uh, John's. So it's interesting that the Arizona Department, Arizona <laughs> website dot gov website doesn't have her death record at that time. However, the cemetery here in Kingman has a gravestone with right. her on it. That is that is interesting to me, too. But that would also be something that we could probably call the state and find get more information about or something like that. So, I, you know, I think it's worth right. looking into. So could it be haunted? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? I mean, you had your experience there. Right. And, uh, you know. And it, we still don't know if anybody else actually died in there or not. Right. You know, so there could have been other deaths because I've heard of multiple, but those are just rumors. Right. And then there's also the underground tunnels and stuff that people talk about where a lot of the Chinese people that were working the rail roads um you know they say died under there as well from like black lung or from getting like injured or stabbed and stuff like that there's there's those rumors as well not to mention this was all indian territory back in the day and you know how it is with indian burial grounds there always seems to be stuff going on so the the property itself could be haunted but right. the fact the facts are that we're where we've uncovered is she did not die in 1912 so that whole part of the story doesn't support it. I want to know what the youngest daughter died too, though. Right. Well, her record wasn't available either. So. Yeah, you couldn't yeah. find that one either. Right. But we do have a gravestone, and a gravestone is pretty pretty good evidence. I don't think the youngest daughter had one though. Mm-mm. So. Well, even her son didn't. Uh, her oldest son didn't die here. They moved out. Oh. So so some of them might have moved out of the area. Those were just the Arizona See, death now, records. Now I'm wondering if she died. See, we don't even have a timeline of when she died. That could have been in 19. Who knows? I don't know. Right. So. Right. So, but their grandson could is according to the records site is still alive. So very interesting. He's 93, but still around. So, but <laughs> if any of you ever get an opportunity to go into the Brunswick if it ever opens again, right. you know, uh you could Remember some of these stories. Think about that. It you know, rich in history. It's what uh, it's a hundred and eleven years old now. So right. craziness. I don't even care that like the the stories might not be true. I don't. That doesn't even bother me. It's the fact that there are so many stories about it. It's become like a local cultural. Oh yeah. Thing absolutely because everybody has a story about it. So and that's kind of cool because it's taken on a life of its own. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't even matter if it's real or not. It's real if you make it real, if you believe it's real. And everybody has their own experiences. You had your own experience there. I think it's a creepy building. I get vibes every time I walk by. <laughs> but you know, I like it. I do, too. I do, too. <laughs> I think that bar down there is oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah, they do have a... They, well, they took that bar out. 
Um, but uh, the bar that was in the Brunswick, anyways. Right. But the one, like, I think you're thinking of Hotel Beale. Is it Hotel Beale? Yeah, that's no, the bar were, for I Hotel Beale. Yeah, because they're they're se- they're separated by Sporties now. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. But uh, I I do like that bar in Hotel Beale. It's a shame that that one is still sitting there like that too. That bar is awesome. It is a great looking so, bar. So yeah. yeah, and if anybody ever has an opportunity to go into Hotel Beale, that's another cool one, and we might cover that again. You know, in the next month or two, but uh. But yeah. that's uh that's it for this week's episode of Arizona Mysteries of History. Next week we're going to be talking about Slaughterhouse Canyon. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh again, this is our weekly podcast. We will be back next Thursday.